In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? This podcast is brought to you by Campfire Song Chewing Gum. Chewing gum that's guaranteed to lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight. You're listening to the Sunday edition of St. Mark Bemidji's podcast. We are thankful that God has brought you to hear and to ponder on the word of the Lord. As always, our content today is a sermon from the Sunday previous at our church, or every once in a while, another well sister church. All good podcasts operate on the concept of value for value. Ours is no exception. How it works is we as the podcasters give you the content, free, up front, no creepy advertising trackers, no fees, no personal information required, and in return, you give value back in the form of your time, talent, or treasure. Except, we have no interest in your treasure here, but if this podcast has value to you, and if you keep coming, it must have some value. I'd ask you to give back at an appropriate level of your time and your talent to spreading the words of God that we ponder here. One of the easiest ways to do that is to simply share the podcast with someone else that you think would also find it valuable. You can share it through your podcast app, or you could text a link to them, or you could go all caveman and actually write it down on a piece of paper. Today's sermon is titled, His Humility Shows Real Divinity and is based upon a reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And now for today's meditation. In the name of Christ Jesus, our very real and living Savior, amen. How do you tell a counterfeit from something that's real? How do you distinguish a fake from the genuine article? You know, sometimes if you go into a store or whatever uh, and you hand the, the, the cashier a $100 bill, what do they do? You take out a little marker, and they might draw a line on it, or they'll take the, the, the dollar and they'll hold it up to the light. What are they looking for? They're looking for that little security band inside. They're looking to see if this is valid currency, if it's real or not. If you take a ring or the like, into a jewelry store and you ask the person, is this real gold or is this real diamond? They get out that little microscope thing and they hold it up and they look into there and they'll tell you, I'm sorry, buddy, that's cubit zirconium. (laughs) How do you tell the difference between something real and something fake? 
It's extremely important when it comes down to matters of faith. How do we know that we have a real Savior? How do we know that Jesus really is who He says He is? And how does the reality of who Jesus is make Him stand apart unique from every other system of belief or religion in the world? Jesus comes saying, I am the Son of God. When He comes teaching the Pharisees like we heard in the Gospel for a minute, they were asking that question. How do... By by what authority are you doing these things? They're trying to figure out if Jesus is the genuine article. Now, His disciples had seen many of Jesus' miracles over over the course of years. They knew. They knew that what He said was from God. They could say, well, look, He raised the dead. He fed the 5,000. He walks on water. How do you show people that Jesus is the genuine article? I mean, it may have been easy for them because they saw some of that stuff and they still were weak in faith. How do you and I today do it? How do we show that Jesus really is who He says He is? How do we show Jesus is truly divine and not counterfeit? Not just an empty robe or an empty suit saying uh, some person with a Messiah complex. Well, I think St. Paul does a wonderful job of helping both the church in Philippi and ourselves out in showing that Jesus is a real Savior because he points out this wonderful truth we read that letter to, to a portion of that letter to the Philippians just a moment ago. And Paul begins that section by talking about genuine spirituality, having a love and a care for one, for one another. Well, why? Who is he encouraging us to imitate? And I guess if you wanted to go back and, and take a look at a study of the entire letter to the Philippians, you'd have to realize that that letter is not like a harsh doctrinal rebuke. He's not like cracking down on the church of Philippi, but rather what the church in Philipp or the, the letter to the church in Philippi is is basically a thank you note. Paul is saying, "You have exhibited this Christ-like mentality," and he encourages them to continue on thinking in that way. How does he begin his his encouragement then? He says, this is a fruit of your genuine spirituality. This is your genuine article Savior. Not something from yourselves, but because of who you're imitating. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. advantage. He tells them quite literally to think the same way that Jesus thought or keep thinking the same way Jesus thought. With that one little verse, we get something interesting revealed to us. We get the mindset of Christ revealed to us. 
And Peter points this out, and excuse me, Paul points this out in such a wonderful way that the way Jesus thinks, the way he behaved, shows that he was no fake at all, but that he could only be who he said he was truly divine, really divine. Look at him. Our king does not think. He does not think like we do. He sets himself apart. There is a contrast between Jesus and every natural, uh, every other natural born human being who has ever lived or ever will live. The things that Jesus did point to his divinity even though they are humble. He is the rightful heir of King David, but he seeks no earthly kingdom. He doesn't even really have a home. The king of heaven itself has no visible army, but 12 ordinary guys that follow him around, one of whom would eventually betray him. Calls himself a king, but he does not ride gloriously into battle but on Palm Sunday, would ride into Jerusalem to his death. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. This is something that is so incredibly foreign to our natural way of thinking and the way that human beings normally are. As selfish creatures, we all have that part of us in our sinful nature that wants nothing, doesn't want to be anything like Jesus or think like Him in any way. We want to be attractive or handsome or beautiful. We, or, or do the things that make us look or feel better or younger or more powerful or more vigorous. We seem to take, we seek to take advantage of anything that we can get or exploit any leverage that we can for our own benefit. We have a desire oftentimes to force our own opinions or influence others in our circles so that my voice or our voice might be heard or made known. Why? Because it makes us feel good. Makes us feel like we're making a difference. Makes us feel important or influential. It puffs up our reputation and our standing among even our fellow Christians or our friends. And at the same time, we have the audacity to call other people fake. It's kind of in the introduction to your uh, service folder today. If you read that opening paragraph, I thought that was a good one. That idea that we can look at somebody and say, ah, they, they're so fake. Fake emotions. They're fake in the way that they greet people. Fake. Fake. Or hypocritical. We are all as such. I guess you could say it takes one to know one. I was in a conversation with a guy the other day and he said, Oh, I don't know. I just, I just don't know about those people that come and they sit in the front row of church. And then they don't go and they don't go and, and, and live their life. 
just a bunch of hypocrites. They don't live according to their faith. Okay, that's true enough for everybody in here. That's true enough for the person that said it. It's the age-old saying that I'm sure you've heard more than one pastor say before. I don't want to go to church because it's full of a bunch of hypocrites. Well, we got room for one more. That's why we're here. We see such a stark contrast between us and between our very real Savior. Between Jesus and every other person in the human race. Whereas we seek our own best interests or to puff ourselves up, you know what Jesus' best interest was? And this might even seem counterproductive. It's to bring us to Him. Why would He want me? Why would He want you? Sinful people though we are. Yet this is His best interest. It's to call us back to Him. To bring us into His fold out of pure, unmitigated grace, mercy, and love. To call us His own. And how do we know that He really had that in mind for you and for me? Not just by lowering Himself like a notch below God. Not just by showing that he was in some way, you know, kind of like a halfway go between demigods sort of creature. Not even just lowering himself to the level of angels. Not even just lowering himself to the level of an average human being. Lower. Our Jesus shows he is really our Savior. And that this humility is really divine. And not just some example for us to attain to or to live up to, but His humility shows that He is no counterfeit Savior. That He's a real Savior for real sinners like you and I because He lowered Himself even below His enemies. Submitted. That's what Paul says in being found in appearance as a man. He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. If you read between the lines a little bit in Paul's letter, it really says a lot about the Philippian Christians. As you read the introduction to that section, you'll remember he's encouraging them to continue on in that Christ-like thinking. To cultivate a humble heart and to that end, develop that Christ-like obedience and love for one's brother or sister in faith or in the family or people around them. And how does Paul do that? Well, he doesn't slam them over the head with the law, but rather he points here. Look at what your Savior did for you. Look at how far down he lowered himself to save you, to show that he is indeed the genuine article. He points to the humble obedience of our Savior and how everything in everything, Jesus submitted. And just because we see Paul here as, as, as he's writing to this, this church, he knows that those people in that congregation are sinners like him, sinners like you and I, people that are so inclined to arrogance, pride, or disobedience as anybody else, people who are just as familiar 
with the effects of sin as anybody else. Sickness, pain, loss, poverty, the fear of death. And it's when believers are threatened with those things that we need that genuine article. We need a genuine article Savior. The only real comfort and the only real motivation for a believer in those circumstances is to see our real Savior who lowered Himself beneath the the muck for you and I. It's that divine irony that it's in this humility that we see Jesus' divinity. It's the safety strip or the, or the security strip that runs through the dollar bill or the hundred dollar bill that shows that this is who He really is. That He really is a God that has the power to save because He doesn't act as normal human beings do. We see our King's obedience, Jesus' obedience to His Father's will how He submits Himself to His enemies, even humbles Himself by dying in that shameful way on a cross. This is how Jesus proves He is the genuine article. What do we normally do? We see a poor person on the street. We see somebody that is sick and we think, weakness. It's not somebody that we would normally follow. On the obverse, we look at somebody who is rich and powerful and we think strong. We we see a healthy person and we think, wonderful, that's great. We judge only by what our eyes can see and what we experience with our senses. Jesus shows us the opposite. Jesus shows us strength of a different kind. He shows us glory of a different kind. Even so much so that that we often call His death on the cross Christ's strange glory. It is a strange glory. That's how He redeemed us. That's how He bought us back. As Jesus on Palm Sunday looked out at at His disciples, and maybe you remember this, there were some Greeks, Greek believers that came to meet Him. And that day, Jesus looked at them and He said, the Son of Man will be lifted up and draw all people to Him. That message of that cross is is that glory that shines out. This is the thing that draws people to Him. Look what He did. Look what the King of Heaven did for you and for I and, and for me. For all of us. Lowering Himself down, showing that He could complete this salvation in, in a way that only the truly divine could. There's a picture that I find in the prophet Isaiah. Where Isaiah says he set his face like flint. Like a hard stone. And I think of Christ, the King. As he walked into those days... Uh, of Holy Week, which is actually in the, in the Gospel reading, that's where we are. In the Gospel reading for today, that's what Jesus is, when Jesus is teaching. He knows He's only got a couple of days to live. He knows what's coming at Him in, in the pending hours. His disciples' own betrayal and the necessity of Him submitting to death even on a cross. And I guess what this shows me is that 
Jesus sets his face like a hard stone. In the face of all those things, just think of your king in that situation and what he underwent for you. What a wonderful thing it is that we can look at Jesus and say, there he is, not a demigod, not halfway between, but a man, flesh and blood, yet divine. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters in Christ, but for me it is such a comfort to see that Jesus, as a flesh and blood human being, faced all of the temptations worse than what you and I face, what I face on a daily basis. And he faced it as a human being. And he did it perfectly. He bore up under every strain and every stress and every trial perfectly. He submitted to not just a quick and easy death off with the head, but a long, torturous, arduous thing. And he did it for me. When under similar circumstances, you and I would have bailed out Or if we were able to, we would have played the God card and used something to our own advantage, called down armies of angels, and got out of it somehow. Now this is how we know from the pages of Scripture. This is how we know that Jesus is the genuine article. That He stands apart from all other human beings. That in His humility we see His divinity. That He is really the genuine article. A wonder beyond this world's ability to reckon. That He shows us who He is. That we might see that even as He bleeds and dies, that's a victory. And not a counterfeit victory. Not a hollow victory or an empty victory or a fearic victory, but a victory that would last into eternity that would draw us all to Him. That He would save as only the divine, truly divine, holy God could win. And what a joy it is to have and stand as a Christian with such a confidence, knowing that our faith is the genuine article to see Jesus' divinity in His humility. That one day, we will be vindicated when the diamond is dust off or the the proverbial dollar bill is held up. And we see our Lord Jesus coming back on the clouds of heaven. And then we, along with all people, might confess that with everyone in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, our real Savior. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org 
or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity